Hello and welcome to the Total Clarity Podcast. I'm Mike Varley. I'm Jesse Hyatt. And we have yet another way to do this podcast. I'm not sure we've done the same version of the podcast twice. This time we are doing a walking version where I'm going to be holding the camera the whole time and we're going to be talking to this man on our right. <laughs> he is the lead producer at Avalanche Studios New York. He is a native New Yorker of this area, the Central Park region of our walk. And he is a fantastic dresser, Mr. Chris Sapino. Hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> and we are here <laughs> at the Central Park Zoo for the start of our walk. Let me see if I can get some quick seal action before oh, yeah. we. Oh uh... yeah. They were just barking. Yeah, you can probably hear that. There they go. There go the seals. There's a. Uh... Maybe a little bit more action for people watching on YouTube than listening on Podbean, but we'll try our best to be verbally descriptive as well. So, thanks for joining us on the show. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah. I, I'm a big uh, follower of your uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah? yeah. From the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, uh, I just watched the Tahir episode. Uh, with, ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And it was kind of interesting just listening to your experience out in Breezy Point, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then just like learning about communities and, and kind of how they're different. Uh, it was weird. It was interesting that you got that far out to for, have the first experience be that, like like that. Right. Yeah. Um, just because like growing up in New York, I think what I was saying to Varley earlier was like, uh, when you're a kid, you're kind of treated like that all the time. Like you're not supposed to be here. You're not right. supposed to be there. Right. Um, and it's a lot of adults being really nosy about why is this kid here? And you just kind of listen and well, go along with it or? I mean, you get scared and you run away basically. Right. <laughs> but, but a lot of it had to do with uh, when you're like a little kid, uh, the truancy laws. So basically anybody that was on the street that was of a certain height before, you know, 3 p.m. the cops would come up to you and they'd ask you, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, So yeah. that was kind of like the experience. And then, uh, you know, as you become older, people stop asking you what you're doing places. Right. For the most part. But then there's neighborhoods like Breezy Point, there's Gramercy Park, mm -hmm. there's, um, I feel like there's, Breezy Point isn't quite like Gramercy Park in that there's a lot more gray area there as to whether you're supposed to be there or not. Right, Gramercy Park is pretty clear. Like yeah. there's a gate and a lock. <laughs> and it's like, you don't come in here unless Do you have a Do not come key. in here. <laughs> Here's your silver key. It's also yeah. only such a small area that you're like, okay, no big deal. Whereas Breezy Point's like, well, I'm trying to go to the public land at the yeah. end. Yeah. And I don't have a car and I'm walking a marathon every day. So what else do you want me to do? Yeah, and also just the safety guys bit was like, you're not doing your job. Your job is not to right. tell us to go into the street. It's to make sure we're safe. Yeah. Um, but. Do you know of any other neighborhoods? I think any neighbor, like, so any neighborhood that is a dead end, uh, like a dead end street, even if it's yeah. public, like you're still gonna get people being like, what are you doing here? Right. Um, any neighborhood that, I mean, I personally feel any neighborhood that skews towards having like specific communities. So, um, you know, you could have like more of a, cop or fighter fighter kind of community maybe out in like you know deep Brooklyn somewhere where they know everybody's face and right. if you walk in there they kind of you know raise some flags um, but yeah I mean the sudden place sometimes it happens like that 
I think. I was wondering about Sutton Place too. I've actually only been down over there once, and we will walk through there at some point. Yeah. Um, community gardens are also mm. like, even though they're cool, like I think people feel. There's actually one really interesting one on the Upper West Side, that you need um, like a you need a it's like a co-op almost. Yeah. You need to be part of it. Okay. To uh, plant and stuff. Okay. But you don't need to be part of it to like be in there. Okay. But they kind of just forgot that part and they're like, what are you doing here? You don't have the, oh. it's like a public, it's supposed to be like a public kind of thing. I always, there's a community garden near our house that is so pleasant and I'll go in there and sit there sometimes. Right. But I, I always am like, is someone going to kick me out? I yeah. really don't know. Like the gates open. There's yeah. never anyone in there. Yeah. And I'm always like, am I trespassing? I yeah. don't know. I'm going to stay because it's nice, but ugh. That's kind of the vibe, I think. So you yeah. grew up on the Upper West Side, yes. which falls within the boundaries of this week's walk. Yeah. For those listening, we're, our boundaries are 59th Street at the bottom and 110th Street up top, and then from shore to shore across. Ooh, so, very yeah. cool. You got some good stuff. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We managed to uh, go on the Upper West Side quite a bit, uh, hit a lot of spots I'm happy to, excited to talk to you about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what was it, as far as the idea of like, being an other in the neighborhood. You know, we're talking about places where there may actually be rules or not and different types of uh, stringency about that. I mean, did you feel growing up that there was a sense of like uh, adults othering people in your neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, when I was growing up, there were really clear um, like racial and almost like religious divides, at least in the Upper West Side. Oh, really? Yeah, so Upper West Side is like a very um, historically kind of like Jewish community. Okay. Um, so a lot of synagogues, a lot, a lot of the culture of the Upper West Side is, you know, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, um, you know, every Jewish holiday. Uh, and then you also have that kind of dealing with um, kind of when I was growing up, a high crime rate in that neighborhood as well. Sure. Oh, okay. Um, tied to, you have uh, basically kind of a weird system there on the Upper West Side, which is that there weren't that many great schools mm -hmm. uh, when I was growing up. And basically everyone was getting zoned into these kind of almost like cesspools in some way of like just bad, I don't know, bad vibes, I guess. Okay. And one of the key ones up there was this place called Brandeis, which was basically a really bad school and I feel like a few famous politicians went there they came out of it being like hey you know I went to Brandeis that was like their claim to fame like I started at the bottom and blah blah okay really bad school known for school shootings had metal detectors all sorts of stuff like oh, that wow. um, and so well less shootings but more like just violent crimes okay and so when I was growing up what would happen is you would get a lot of affluent um, like almost like yuppies right getting together and saying, hey, we want to change the schooling system for us because now we live here. Right. Um, and what ended up happening is you got a lot of uh, gifted and talented programs <laughs> on the Upper West Side that were disproportionately white. Right. Um, considering the neighborhood that they were in. Yeah. Um, so there was always tension there. Like the good schools were full of white kids. Right. Uh, and the poorer schools were full of people of color kind of thing like right. that. Right. And that had to do with more white people moving in. It had to do with, yeah, gentrification and, and yeah. basically uh, 
you know that if you ever look at a map of like the gifted and talented programs of New York, yeah, um, which is where you would want your kid to go to because you get smaller class sizes, more you know, specialized time, etc. Of course, um, yeah. If you ever look at a map of Bushwick and how big it is and how many gifted and talented programs are there, you yeah. can start to see kind of what was happening on the Upper West Side at least. Mm, like right now, it's yeah, starting yeah, very up sim- again mm-hmm, as yeah. like all the young people that yeah. move there are starting to have kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very similar. And I, but just going back to the point of like othering, it's like it's more of like you grow up kind of in this city, and it's like a giant playground, and it's really cool. Yeah. And then there's kind of this point when you start to realize that it's kind of dangerous, right. and it's got this kind of sh- sh- you know shady side to it and then I think in response to that you kind of start to form some defense mechanisms some kind of aspects like that so like you know hanging out with a rougher crowd or mm-hmm. right doing whatever it takes you th- that you think makes you um, less of a target or something like that right yeah what did what age do you think you started to realize that you needed to like take care of yourself in in that way. Oh, in that way, like probably about. So I, I, when I was growing up, like I would say, like from the ages of like you know being born to like eight, uh-huh. life was all about Riverside Park, mm-hmm. uh, soccer on the weekends, and the Natural History Museum. Like every, cool. that's all you did. You right. just like did those things. Just so fun. And my mom would like. You know, my mom would go to uh, Natural History Museum. She could just spend hours there. Yeah. And so we would just run around and play tag, and that was like our life, right? Yeah. And I was a kid that didn't really go away to like summer camp. Like I didn't go away to sleepaway camp. I didn't, you know. And so that was just like how I was. That was mm-hmm. part of my identity. And then I think you hit about like 12, so you're yeah. getting out of middle school, and drinking and you know drugs and whatever start entering the picture, and it becomes like a bit more about like I don't want it's either you're comfortable not being part of like a tough crowd right and that's just your identity and you kind of hope that's the outcome you shoot for right that wasn't the outcome I shot for I ended up actually just hanging out with like the I, the crazier the people I could find the, that's who I would hang out with right and it would just <laughs> I would just keep jumping from crazier group to crazier group to crazier group um, but generally that's kind of how it goes I think in the city yeah that's sort of what I imagine and I feel like what I've heard from some other people too that's right but that it's nice to hear your personal experience yeah yeah Yeah, we had a friend Tom Wolfson visit us on Wednesday he also uh, grew up on the Upper West Side oh uh, on 106th oh great great do you know what part of 106 it was 106 between Amsterdam and Broadway as well I believe Jeez, he must he might have lived in my friend's building he may have I don't know yeah but he uh, one of the things he was saying among the many was that he and his friends would hung, hang out in Morningside Park because oh, it was wow. like historically the tougher yeah, one. Yeah, that's but that, was, that was crazy. This was yeah. like high school time, not like child. Yeah, he, but he, time. this is like tenth to twelfth grade. Yeah, dude, so. Morningside Park was no joke. Yeah, you could. Uh, so Santeria is big in Morningside Park. Yeah, um, and you would see like. Not saying that makes it any tougher. I'm just saying it, makes no. it, it adds a creepy adds a vibe. Yeah. yeah, like I remember walking through there and seeing like floating calf skulls with like uh, candles and stuff. You also wow. see like loose chickens running around. Oh my god! Kind of like a crazy. Park. They got away. Right. Yeah, but um, 
No, I mean, Morningside was where, at Morningside at night, you would, even now, I probably wouldn't go yeah. too right. much in there. And it's weird, because it's like, it's a thin park. Like, mm-hmm. you can kind of, you know, see what's going on. But I think it's just, there's something, you know, the vibe there. You can kind of, I guess, from you guys walking, right? Like, you get that energy feeling. Sure. Of Definitely. certain neighborhoods and things like yeah. that. Sure. And well, like, yeah. We, uh, speaking of the energy feeling, we walked by. Oh, this is a great. Spot. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good spot. Yeah, approaching um, Bethesda Terrace for those listening. We walked by the Jeffrey Epstein building earlier today. Oh yeah, that, that's and full of bad juju. Yeah, I got shivers. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It also it must have some sort of particular ventilation system, so that the air itself is of a different quality around. Yeah, it. I believe that. It's like a, a, like a damper noise around there. It was very strange, and the door is like two and a half times the size of a normal door and you know like i mean more than one blood sacrifice happened in that house you know? yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised. so i don't know if you i don't know if you guys know this but yeah yeah so this has always historically been where a lot of great um street performance like another level of street performer yeah will be here and it's almost more of like a classically trained street performer so like um, when we were growing up, uh, the famous one was this guy Thoth, okay. um, who was a violinist. I think that's how you say it, Thoth. Uh, and he would dance, and he was like a pretty ripped dude with these long, I think, dreads almost in the back of his head, but very well kept, like very like perfect physique, almost more like a ballet dancer than a violinist. And he would do these crazy violin solos while singing. Wow. Uh, and yeah, I think I, if I can find some of the videos online, it's kind of it was a very unique performance. Yeah. yeah. And he used to do it in there. Amazing. Um, yeah. We, uh, we encountered somebody earlier this week, a gentleman that plays the recorder, which is not the most beautiful instrument when you think about it, but in the that particular room, yeah. the acoustics are so incredible yeah. that it sounds like this, you know, far eastern magical, like, you know, enchanted kingdom. And he was the nicest guy. I told him about what the project that we were doing, and he was, you know, taken by that as well. So it was a pretty nice moment. I mean, so, you know, something that's kind of interesting that maybe, you know, we're not really, like, as... I, I'm not as attuned to it as other people, but, mm-hmm. like, my in my building that I grew up in, a lot of the um, artists or performers that worked at... Uh, Lincoln Center or worked at the Met Opera House lived in the building. Oh, wow. Mm. And so, like, on Sundays you hear him practicing and shit, and it was like, you know, some crazy, you know, bravado kind of like our falsetto thing happening where it's right. just like, and then piano going all up and down the building. And you can just hear it, like, from their apartment. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And most of these people were rent controlled. Unfortunately, the ones that weren't got pushed out, which, you know, sucks. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think when I like so Lincoln Center, right? Like that. Have you ever seen West Side Story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that was shot where I think Lincoln Center used to be. So oh. Lincoln Center used to oh, be like. Oh, I didn't realize it was somewhere funny. else. Used to be a terrible neighborhood. Okay. Um, and they, I guess, I, I don't know the exact history. I just know that. Uh, it, uh, they basically heavily invested in that. So like in our parents' lifetimes, that area became like the next Carnegie Hall, the next kind of where all the... Interesting. Yeah. But it wasn't like that before. I guess not. I mean, yeah. so I went to school right behind Lincoln Center. And Is that where you went to high school? It was my first high school, yeah. Okay. And uh, that was that neighborhood 
was, had the worst crime rate in the city at the time, right behind Lincoln Center. Oh my gosh. Mainly because of the amount of uh, policing that was around there. So they were just like reporting oh. more crimes. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't a great spot. Um, Boat Basin was also, which we're passing right now, mm-hmm. also a huge part of like, you know, my earlier years as a kid, which is like, go to the museum, then lunch at the boathouse, which is this thing. Yeah. And uh, you'd feed the snapping turtles, which... Oh, they're snapping turtles? Yeah, they're actually we, snapping turtles in We it. saw a bunch of turtles. I did not realize that they were snapping turtles. The ones that Scary. all ha- used to hang... They might have got rid of them because yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah. Frankly, but like the, <laughs> the, the ones that people are feeding off the edge there used to be snapping turtles. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. They're kind of gross yeah, like the gross. water is kind of gross too <laughs> yeah oh, no. it's really pretty I mean, everything but it's about also it is kind of gross i mean okay. <laughs> if you took a net i'm sure you'd pull out some really disgusting things yeah it's kind <laughs> of surprising though because the the boathouse is so pretty so the, this is the other i just want to see this menu just the, yeah like, yeah like look. it doesn't look great i mean the every every food all the food that was always in the park like even tavern on the green mm-hmm. was always like the, of the same tier of like, yeah, yeah okay, like a, this is a steak and this is a thing, and it's none of it's right. like very creative, none of it's very like, it's all just very very safe American classic. American classic. It's like they went on Sim City and bought a steak and put it on the table in front yeah. of you. Like I think this is a steak. Right, and they <laughs> and they didn't have like a baker on site, so like the bun is just some bun out of a bag. Like right. it's just like that that that's right. the general feeling you're getting. Yeah. There's no like special touches that you'd like expect from. Yeah. Well, we uh, we went to Barney Greengrass today, which was our first time for both of us to go. Yeah. Yo, he's the king of everything, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) We had uh, yeah, I had the sturgeon with uh, mixed in with the eggs and the onions. Yes. And Jesse had the sturgeon on the side. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, That was I had heard about it from our friend Tom previously, but he was excited about it, so. Did Tom we tell you about uh, popovers that used to be right next door? No. No, he didn't. What's, What's that? that all about? So do you know what popovers are? They're I mean, I do know. Like yeah. yeah, so there used yeah. to be a place named popovers right next to it that would do these giant popovers. No mm. matter what you ordered, you got a popover with it. They're <laughs> gimmicky, but it was like super good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, one thing I've never been clear, is Barney Greengrass uh, officially a Jewish deli or is it something, I don't know what else, what other category it would be or in. Or an, an appetizing or no, I don't, I think it's just a, like a smoked fish Yeah, house. it's like just I, a smoked fish shop. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but yeah, it was excellent. Because yeah. it's an interesting class of deli. Yeah. It doesn't have anything hot. It doesn't have anything. It just like spreads and locks. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there may very well be a, a category that's uh, more granular than I'm not familiar with. Right. Yeah. We, uh, we went there. Uh, where else did we go? Uh, there was a, a Ray's Pizza on Broadway in like 102nd that he recommended that I went to. Uh, and then he... And we also went to this Peruvian and Chinese fusion place. Oh, Florida Mayo? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Florida Mayo? Dude, Florida Mayo was like, so you could get a whole chicken rice and yellow rice and beans mm-hmm. with this like kind of um vinaigrette sauce mm-hmm. for like eight dollars that's literally what that's we got exactly what we had yeah. we were just like order for us <laughs> yeah that's what, he, that's what that's that's the move there and it's so good yeah and they also they have a bunch of other things there that are legitimately better than like they would be at a, you know a regular like chinese restaurant yeah. like so they have really good egg foo young mm. into that 
Um, everything there is so good. Like, uh, but they did raise their prices, which pissed a lot of people off. Because it used <laughs> to be the like, hey, you know, everyone that didn't have that much money would just go there and yeah. just best food in the neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But now they're like keeping up with the the whatever else is happening up here. Yeah. Exactly. The when we were growing up, uh, and and Tom could probably speak to this, but like when we were growing up. There were basically only a few neighbor restaurants in the neighborhood that mattered. Mm -hmm. So there was Florida Mayo. Mm -hmm. There was Sal and Carmine's, which like was at the time voted the best pizza in all of New York. Okay. I never ever felt that it was the best pizza. It was uh -huh. like a very sweet sauce, which okay. some people are into, yeah. but I wasn't. Maybe it was Sal and Carmine's. Maybe it wasn't Ray's. I don't know. But yeah. Um, Where do you remember around which streets it was? Yeah, it was 100 seconds. It, it, so I so think then that, it must have yeah, been. Yeah. It was like a very narrow. Yeah. 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 Mm. So Sal and Carmine's, um, and then, uh, which is, it is the best pizza on the Upper West Side. I just okay. don't think it was the best pizza in Manhattan. In the city. Yeah. Right. What's your best, sorry, I'll uh, yeah. get back to the list, but yeah. what's your best pizza yeah. in the city? So far, so this is just so me far. being like, so this is just there's me being. There's still time. Yeah, there is still time, because there's so much pizza. But yeah. like, yeah. I like a Kese, I think that's how you say it, Kese. Okay. Uh, Where's that? Or Sese, I don't know, Kese. Uh, it's down on like Spring or something down there. It's. It's okay. one of the village places. I'm not, I think Roberta's is good. I think their crust is like too thin, mm -hmm. to be honest. I never thought that Roberta's was like, it's not like a slice. No. I mean, and I guess when you're talking about best pizza, there's lots of different ways to define best pizza. Like what are your metrics of best pizza? There's sure. also just, I think something about that neighborhood where like comparatively it is really, really good in that right. area, but like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say, that place. Um, I've heard good things about John on Bleakers, but like, you have to order a whole pie, and I've just never done mm. that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm down there. Um, but yeah, so it was Florida Mayo, it was Sal and Carmine's. Mm -hmm. um, there was this place called Henry's, which was like the only high end place you could eat okay. in our neighborhood when we were growing up. Actually, just closed, I think, which is really sad, but it was on 105th. We really solid, like oysters, mm. that, that level of kind of. There was this place called Mama Mexico. Okay. Which they had a mariachi band that would come around. It was actually kind of annoying. You'd be like sitting there eating, having a conversation, and they would just be blasting right. in your face. And like you can't ignore them. Yeah. Like you have to like sit and be like, ah, But it was thank also you. like not okay. a big enough restaurant for that right. to be kind of acceptable. Okay. And then every few years, Mama Mexico would go out of business and be named something else, like Rosa Mexicana or something. Like it would just keep changing its name. Okay. Um, and then come back as Mama Mexico. Yeah, basically. It was just at the end. Of the and then the big one actually, and this is kind of crazy, was on 97th Street, almost the entire block was this place called Empire Szechuan. Oh, okay. okay. And Empire Szechuan was like the best uh, sushi and also they had Chinese food wow. place in the neighborhood. And I guess the owner maybe had a gambling problem or something. Okay. But she was known as the originator of putting her menu under everyone's door. Like she was the one who was like, no. Just, she started that like, trend. Apparently she was like one of the forerunners of like making sure her menu was everywhere. No way. Um, Did that like time out with cheap printing capabilities or something? I don't know. I'd, I'd look into it because it was really, I mean, there's like a New York Times article on her about it. Oh wow. Um, and then I guess they closed and they reopened a very small, much sadder version of that. Oh. Um, and then the last, really big restaurant that I can remember was on 86th and Broadway and it was called Boulevards. Okay. And Boulevards was 
awesome. My friend's dad was the chef there, and he actually passed away, but but he was the chef there, and they had a, every Monday they had all you can eat ribs, which mm. was like amazing because I don't even know if that exists anymore anymore. Like, hey, you can have all the ribs you want for twenty dollars. Right. Yeah. Like that's just like not a thing. Um, and they had these massive burritos. It was so good. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Upper West Side food. Did uh, did you have a bagel place in particular up there? Yeah. So there's so that's a good question. There's um, <laughs> there is H and H bagels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which uh, I don't know if I went to H and H this week. Yes. But I wasn't sure if it was a new location or not. Tom had thought it had closed, but then the one we went to was very contemporary inside. So the original H&H used to be next to Zabar's. Okay. Oh, okay. So right next to Zabar, like it was like near that area. I forget exactly what street, but it was right right near there. Um, And the reason why as a kid you knew about H&H is that they would do the St. Patty's Day green Oh, of course. They were like the originator of like the, the colored green bagel. donut. The green bagel. The green bagel. Fun. Like, so they, and that you can only like, h was the only one that was really doing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Absolute Bagel. Mm-hmm. Absolute I had like as well this week. That was Tom's recommendation. Yeah, so Absolute is really good. When you're a kid, you like Absolute because they would do pizza bagels. Ooh, oh. Fun. Which was like, like big, big bagel pizza, bites. Yeah, big bagel bites. Yum. The um, thing about Absolute Bagels that I really liked was that they're inside was a term that I've coined recently, like uh, sawdust on the floor. Yeah. Salt in the walls. Yeah. Like there, it was like basically yeah. a, a factory for bagels. Yeah, it was a cavern of bagels. Yeah. And yeah. Things like, yeah. There's like ducks vi- clearly visible. Yes. Yes. And uh, the signs up on there are just look, they look like Chinese food place signs with all the bagel prices and they're so, browned. I just actually, this just reminded me, there's actually, there were two other, but there's Carmine's, which is famous. Yeah. Okay. Internet, so that was started on the Upper West Side, to yeah. my knowledge. A uh, big Italian. You can't order for one. Everything mm. is massive. Oh, not a bagel place. That's, that's, that's just Italian. a different That's the one where you get the Titanic dessert, Yeah, just right? everything. Yeah, I like, went there once as a, in high school. And then the other <laughs> famous place, and I, I'm drawing a blank what the name of it is, but it's the giant pizza slice place. Oh. Jesse brought that up earlier. I don't know what it's called either, but yeah, I remember it. Like, not like bigger than your face pizza, right? Yeah, and it's like a dollar. Right. And it's like, <laughs> and it's disgusting. And it's not good. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> But that's on 110th. Okay. What's the name of them? Everyone's gonna kill me for not remembering that because that's like a key. Um, we'll have to look it up and put it in the notes or something. Yeah. Or whatever. Someone, maybe someone will tell us. So this is this Belvedere Castle. Yeah. So We're this is Belvedere right Castle. Now. So this is really interesting because the the camps that I did go to. Mm-hmm. Sure were a day camp in the park, which is a Camp Central Park right. day camp. So fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, and we would meet up. The parents would drop us off. Like, if you could look over this, at Belvedere Castle was a meeting place. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was uh, the dairy mill. Or oh, the yeah, dairy... we walked by there earlier today. Yeah, and these were, like, the key places where we'd meet up, and we'd go into Belvedere, which is, like, full of, like, cool little, like, you know, terrariums and all sorts of weird little... Oh, cool. Yeah. I've never been in there. I'll have to go in at some point when yeah, it Yeah, it's fun up. to go in there as you're a kid. It's really cramped. It kind of freaks you out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah it's it definitely not COVID like, friendly. Does it feel a little bit like a Disney World thing? No, it feels oh, more okay. like this was, like it feels very much like it was not built as a tourist attraction. Oh. <laughs> like it was, it's or like almost, for kids to be running around in. It almost feels like they actually built this to defend against something. Like okay. I don't know. 
like what they are expecting. Do you think it's possible that they did? No. I mean, it's like in the center of the, it's like the worst place to have a look at. Yeah, I just don't think they really walked the thing before they finished. Like they didn't really get a sense of, hey, maybe these stairwells should be wider or, you know, like it's a lot of, um, because it's like a curved staircase going Uh up. It's a lot of listening and waiting to hear if someone's walking down because then you can't (laughs) Because it's like a one person, right? Um, so you recently got married. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. To next week's guest. Yeah. So if you want to hear the other half, yeah, that'll be next week. But if, if I understand correctly, you did get married in the park, yes? Uh, we did. We got married, though, in Riverside at oh, the Sailor okay. and Soldiers Monument, which is where her uh, mother and father got married a bunch of years ago. No way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was really cool, actually. So it was like right as we were all gearing down from so we had we'd been planning for a while we knew it wanted to be small and it was almost like it was starting to grow to become this kind of big thing all these people wanted to come mm-hmm. we started getting a weird pressure from family who had like previously been like we don't care until all of a sudden like we're gonna fly in oh, at no. the most dangerous time yeah we're like what and then also there was a lot of like rebellious old people being like we don't care about covid oh, we'll no. come and i'm like oh i don't want that Um, And so we did not have, our license got, um, like, our permit to be married there Mm -hmm. got revoked uh, because of COVID. Um, And then I looked online and it was just, it just became kind of a free-for-all, which was like, you can just be there, but no more than like X number of people. And we were at that limit. So we just showed up and my mom brought a bunch of sake and like hors d'oeuvres and stuff. And... uh, None of us touched hors d'oeuvres because that was clearly like a COVID thing. Yeah, right. But uh, we did all have individual bottles of sake. Oh, And, uh, you know, her grandma got to be there. We retook some pictures that her mom and uh, dad had taken, like kind of reenacting them. That's so nice. Kind of an interesting thing in the background is that the flag is at half staff, which is kind of a weird historical kind of thing. Um, But generally, we, we got in right at this point where we were getting married all these old people are walking by like these random old people and they're like oh this gives us hope thank you so much like saying all this nice stuff to us because i had so much anxiety i was like are we going to get called out for having a group like um and instead everyone was just like yes yes like we love that it was great and uh all the people's responses online seeing the photos were all like really positive which was really cool which I don't know why I think about other people's opinions so much in that way, but I think I felt a responsibility a bit yeah. like, in this environment. Um, and we tried to be as safe about it as possible. And uh, then uh, it came in right as we had, as New York started gearing down from COVID. Oh, yeah. So like we were all feeling a little bit better about it. We weren't hearing sirens all night. We, weren't, right. we were like in a good place. She looked beautiful, which is so cool. Yeah. She bought her dress online, which is cool. Really? Yeah. And it yes. fit perfectly? It fit perfectly. She looked Amazing. great. Um, and uh, we then uh, had the wedding. And I guess the next day, I want to say, or, or within two days, yeah. um, the protests started to, to happen. Oh, right. It was right in that Yeah, in it was between. just like this one moment where none like it was the dip and right before the rise yeah Um, like that real like sort of calm like no one was feeling super safe yet but like calm and like a little bit like ready to for the next thing yeah (laughs) 
And at our wedding, we had two officiants. One was Corel, oh. uh, mm-hmm. who is Alexa's uh, neuroscientist. Uh, he's, he's our friend, neuroscientist. He's like six foot <laughs> seven or something. Yeah. Uh, he was one officiant. He's like Alexa's like number one since like forever. Yeah. yeah. Always, like partner in crime kind of thing. Yeah. Height's really important in an officiant, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. So he many was, tasks. You could potentially, you know, last second things. I know. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Adjust this. Yeah. He's, but he, the height, he was controlling. The yeah. entire right. environment. Yeah. You have good control. Good yeah. crowd control, I would say. Yeah, yeah. That makes um, sense. And then uh, we had Brian, who wrote yeah. all this really nice stuff that was like, wow, this man has a journal. And he writes in it a lot. And he was really, really thoughtful Aww. about... And saying things about Alexa and I that were like... That were just really nice. And I yeah. think he went the extra mile, and it was very nice. And That's it, great. It was, it, was, it was really cool to know that you have people like that in your life that really, really care. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my mom and Alexa's mom were blown away by Brian. And we're not, <laughs> it was just like a I sweet little thing, you know? That's um, so nice. So, yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's cool. It was cool. It was a, a nice experience. And so... Were you, I mean, you were familiar to some degree with that aspect of the park, but like, was it, was it like an area you were particularly yeah. familiar with? Yeah. Or, so the yeah. funny thing about that, <laughs> so yeah, the drugs that tell, I did. Yeah, let me <laughs> tell you about that place. <laughs> so when you're growing up, there's like in the city and you start drinking, mm-hmm. right? It's okay. What are your options? You can't drink on the street, which only in, until recently, this is so crazy to me that people are drinking on the street because right. growing up here, it's like just not allowed at yeah. all. Right. And even brown bagging at growing up, you just was like, was like no, so you get fucking yeah. arrested. Yeah. Right. Especially as a kid, like you're not only it's illegal, but also you're underage. So it's double illegal. So yeah. So the, the thing the where you smoke from the ages of like 12 to like 16 or four, 15, let's say. Uh-huh. You're in this period where, like, your parents are not leaving you at home for the weekend that right. much. It's not like you're always having free houses and things like that. And if you are, the neighbor is, like, looking through their peephole at <laughs> a bunch of kids coming into their neighbor's apartment and then just tells your mom afterwards or something. Right. Or you're, you're shoving towels into the, you know, doorway <laughs> trying to, I hope no one smells anything. But you're living in a building surrounded by 500 other nosy right. people. Right. Um, and so like and they all probably like know that you're the new york kid yeah so i had an yeah. i had a neighbor that was like this woman who had no other time like she, she had an endless time so she could just i think she had a seat next to the people in the door and just report everything that would ever happen so what, <laughs> so what you're doing is like you're barely you're barely drinking in apartments you're barely what you're doing is you're going places where no one else is, which is also kind of dangerous. So you're like, (laughs) you're drinking in the stairwells of friends' buildings that happen to not have doormen. Right. right? Or you're, uh, like, the amount of times that you're drinking in a stairwell that you don't even know whose building it is. You just, one time we're there and know that the door doesn't lock. Right, right, right. That's like, that's what you're doing. But the main thing, place you're drinking is the park. Mm -hmm. You're going into, because what happens at night is, the rules of the park are basically that there's very few, once dusk hit, hits, you're not allowed to be in here. It's like some right. like vampire rules. Like you're just, it's dusk. Right. What time is dusk? I don't know, 6 p.m. It's like, it changes throughout yeah, the year. Yeah, it changes throughout the year. So <laughs> whatever it's like, time we want it to be. It's whatever yeah. time. So like uh, you basically aren't allowed to be here after dusk and the deeper you get into the park, and the more you're like surrounded by foliage, yeah. the less the cops are gonna see you. Like of they're course, they're literally yeah. so lazy. They're just like they're not scanning like going a light. In the park. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, they are, but they're just scan. Like they'll have a cop. 
drive here in like a little like buggy or something. Right. And he'll just like lazily look. And as long as you're not on the field, you're fine. Right. So the main place we used to drink was the Sailor and Soldiers Monument because Riverside Park is not a fun place to drive down into. And so cops didn't like driving down right. in there. Right. And every night, every every weekend, right, we would all be down there drinking and be like, hundreds of kids oh my gosh and they were all drinking you know the same thing it was valentine's uh cold 45 or budweiser yeah because it was cheap and because you didn't have to carry a six pack and like right it was just i don't even know why it was those things um we might be like blowing up the spot of the current like 12 I to hope 15 so. year old they, you know what? They, all they, their parents they, are going to listen to this podcast like and go down there they need to you know they need to be challenged and that's why we gotta you know but yeah so but every also every weekend the cops would do these like massive stings where they would like come from multiple angles just trying to arrest kids for drinking oh um, my gosh. which is just a strange like i can't imagine being the cops in that unit that's your life it's right. like hurting drunk 12 year olds. Let's give a musical interlude here for a second. Carry on. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Yeah. Though. I mean, I could just listen to that all day. Yeah. Yeah, that's jazz. I, I wish every podcast episode we could just stumble I mean, on bands. I just hear right? music so yeah, much. Music. It's like, wow, this is a Hey Arnold a great. city. Yeah, so right. We live in Hey Arnold. Yeah, right. uh, Alexa and I were really pissed off the other day because we looked up. We were like, oh yeah, Hey Arnold's in New York. I wonder which train line it's on. And we look it up, and the guy's like, yeah, it's not really New York. It's a mixture of cities. I'm like, bullshit. Oh, yeah, it's you definitely know, New it's York. It's clearly New York. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was saying he was very inspired by Seattle. I was like, well, what are you Where talking about? Where in Seattle? Where yeah. in Seattle do you He's have never been to trains? Was it cloudy most of the I time? Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. And apparently, the originally the show was about, supposed to be about Helga, but it wasn't uh, testing well. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Well, nowadays, it'd be about Helga. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, good point. I I thought Helga was a, a more interesting character than Arnold. I mean, frankly, I guess... The... Well, so Arnold is interesting because he's just a good vehicle for everyone. Yeah. yeah. He's not really... He's like Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. like Charlie Brown. He's not, sure. He, yeah. I mean, and the only... I mean, we saw... I think there was an episode where he learns karate and he becomes, like, really abusive. Right. And oh. it's like... And every episode ends with, like, kind of, like, not a happy ending. Right. You know? Yeah. So... So you're there with all the kids. I mean, I guess you're drinking, yeah. which gives you a feeling of immunity. But like, did you ever really feel any anxiety about being in the park after oh, dark? Oh, yes, all the time. I mean, yeah. you know, you, so. This is why New Yorkers are neurotic. So, because they drink in dangerous situations all the time. Yeah, so. That, that <laughs> As makes, children. <laughs> so, so, I mean, A, you're not the only, the cops aren't the only thing you have to worry about when you're in the park alone. You also have to worry about like crazy crackheads in the park. Right. Or yeah, other, yeah older teenagers that are there just to fuck with you and steal your shit. Right. Um, so there's that. And then there's also this feeling of like your guard is always up. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, teenagers are assholes, right? Like, you know, even if within your friend group, when somebody gets too drunk and then starts trying to show off or do something, right. and it can just end badly, always. And then what do you do? Because it's like you weren't supposed to be there, so who do you like call or whatever well, you, know? you know i mean i don't think so the only so that was definitely like the 
one of the like unspoken rules, or maybe it was spoken. I don't even think there were there weren't written rules in any of it. But nobody called their mom ever about anything. No yeah. one ever called their parents. Nobody yeah. ever. And the only time that that ever really happened was, uh, yeah, no one ever did it. It was only if you got caught and then had to kind of like face your, you know, crimes. Some cases, like I remember one of my friends was doing graffiti or something and he was like 12 and he got caught and all of a sudden there's this question, oh, was anybody with you or is anybody blah, 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 blah. Mm. And that's kind of like a weird situation you don't want to be in. You don't want to be in a situation where you're like, being forced to like legally admit that your friends did something. I don't know. Right. Oh gosh, right. yeah. But generally, I never got actually caught doing anything. Mm-hmm. I, but I had that like anxiety constantly. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Well, that that was why you didn't get caught. Yeah. No. I I was always on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> why, Chris? Why are you drinking so far away from us? Don't worry about it. <laughs> like you know, I was like laying out. Yeah. yeah. I can run faster Escape than plan. you. Like, yeah. yeah. You're the bait. You guys are right. loud. And, you know, even to this day, when I hang out with people that are really loud, I have this weird thing. So when you're seeing Brian. (laughs) (laughs) I have this weird thing where I kind of step away and and become a little more quiet. And I think it has to do with that drinking dynamic of, like, Mm. the louder you are, the more likely you are to get caught. Like, that's just going in my head. It's like we're in a bar. Why are you acting like that? Right. Like, it doesn't. (laughs) But it is, but it is, like there's more of a chance that you're going to get like nasty looks from strangers or like the bartender is going to come over and be like, you guys are being too much. Yes, like yes. it's not the same, like you're not going to have like your parents show up all of right. a sudden and be like, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but like, or the cops, but like you could have someone yeah. as an adult come over to your group and be like, you guys suck. You could be dealing with that. And that's embarrassing. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So having grown up here and having grown up where you grew up. Yeah. I'm sure that there are more than a couple of people of interest that uh, people listening may have heard of in the past. Oh, yeah. Uh, would you care to take us uh, down down that road and yeah, uh, tell I mean, us you're a, interested. Few, a few famous yeah. folks? Yeah, sure. So my... So I know what you're getting at. So my, I, There's really actually at least three avenues that I'm yeah, thinking of. I mean, well, maybe so, more I don't know. So, so all... I mean, the, the, main, the one of the, I think... For the purposes of this, I could go over is so my stepdad uh, was this famous FIFA guy. Well, let's just like not say his name because it's just kind of you know whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah, fine. that's fine. And he was he was uh, a very eccentric um, person who also got uh, like arrested by the FBI and like totally corrupt, crazy person. Anyway, my mom when she was dating him, we lived with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, we left the Upper West Side, and we lived with him from when I was about 12 to about 22, uh, 23, something like that. Okay. okay. And where we lived was we lived in Trump Tower, which is the official, like, it is the Trump Tower. So mm-hmm. it's where Trump lived, it's where Michael Jackson lived, it's where... You know, all these people lived. And um, this is the referring to the one on uh, 56 and 5th. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at it now, there's like, you know, barricades that they built, like yeah. of a mobile yeah. military. The Imperial March is being played <laughs> by some unseen band yeah. constantly. Right. And it's like, it, but when I was growing up, my experience with it was so these are like my formative years. You know, I'm coming back home at like three in the morning, drunk. Right. And you walk into this. So, for, I mean, first of all, you're not walking into a house. You're not walking into a 
you know, your apartment, you're not like able to kind of sneak into your bedroom. Mm -hmm. You're walking into a brightly lit, uh, fully staffed lobby. Right. With like eight, eight uh, doormen that know your parents and know your mom and know your whatever. Right. But there's also a culture in the building that everybody's kids are like this. So they, it's like kind of like, don't ask, don't tell kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And they're also in a way like, if you, they don't know what type of kid you are. Like if they get you in trouble, are you the kind of kid that's yeah. gonna get them in right. trouble? Right, and, that, and, actually and was, like, that actually was pretty common. Like, Dorman just knew not to mess with anybody. Everybody yeah. there was very high maintenance. Everybody there was like pretty terrible, I would say. Right. Um, a bunch of the, like uh, like multiple people in the building, the time that I lived there were arrested for all sorts of white collar nonsense. Right. Like one of the more famous ones was I think uh, Anne Hathaway's husband lived there. Oh. And he, or, or, or boyfriend, and he got arrested for all sorts of shit at the oh, time. Oh, wow. Um, anyway, so I lived there and you know, you. Then you get in the elevator and you're going to press the button, but you're not allowed to press the buttons. There's another guy there to press the buttons for you. Right. Um, and and then you get in the apartment and it's a totally weird, I, was lived, I lived on the 49th floor. Wow. And so we got to overlook all of Manhattan and that was cool, that part of it was cool. But there's you learn about a side of Manhattan being in that kind of not even New York City, it's like specifically Manhattan. They don't, like a lot of these people don't leave Manhattan. That's right. like the, the to right. them, Manhattan is New York and New York is Manhattan and it's nothing else. Right. And, and the outer boroughs are just, outer Yeah, they're like, why are we even talking about that? Right. Um, and they, you start to realize there's this kind of culture up there where, you know, the people that are in that kind of circle are no smarter than any of us, right? They're just a yeah. little more, you know, they're more conniving and they're more whatever, and mm -hmm. you know, they'll do whatever it takes. They're more ruthless and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, like, you could easily come to a lot of the same conclusions that they're all coming to. It's just a question of whether you would do it or not. Right. It's like maybe morals or ethics. Yeah. It's to not some intelligence, or, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and in, and in a lot of cases, it's actually like a lack of intelligence that causes them to kind of stumble through. I would say the thing that's most, most common is persistence, though. All of them are so fucking persistent in getting what they want and, and all that type of mm -hmm. stuff. But the other, you also realize other things, like, you know, the restaurant Tao, right? You go to Tao and you're sitting there and you're like, hey, this is a nice restaurant, this is good food. It's not really what it is. Tao and Nobu are like places where it's full of like very high-end prostitutes <gasps> and like businessmen. Okay. And when you look at it and you see it in that way, you realize it's not really a restaurant. It's it's more of like, I don't even know. It's, like a place to parade? I guess, something like that. And you realize, when, when, all, when you look around, you see every every table is like a very old man and a very young woman, very right. old man, very young woman. It's not the same thing as a restaurant to me. It's like something <laughs> else is happening there. Right. Um, and are there, I mean, are either of those inside Trump Tower? Are there restaurants yeah, inside? Yeah, well, there's, I don't know what he was talking about, but he, Trump said that there were really good taco uh, bowls in his building, but I don't remember those being there. <laughs> there was a Tower Records and there was like an ice cream shop and there was like a bunch of, I mean, basically like nothing to write home about type of places. Right. I think there was one like Trump steak house or something, or okay. there was like a steak place for business lunches and stuff. Yeah. But yeah so and so did you ever encounter the man himself yeah i did and it was not so he was friends with 
he was friends with my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, my stepdad was more friends with his brother. His brother was like a, a pretty cool guy uh, okay. with my stepdad at least. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know of him from my perspective, he was a cool guy. I just know that him and my stepdad had a pretty good relationship. And then mm-hmm. also my stepdad and Trump had a pretty good relationship. Okay. But I, I don't know what it really means to say like people in that world have good relationships because like they're not the same as friendships. They're not like, right. they're more of like this person's in my Rolodex and they'll be willing to do favors for me because they know that the favors I can provide are of value. Like it's just like a transactional okay. kind it's of- less, It's not like we're gonna get together and like watch a movie and have a nice conversation yeah. about like what's going on in our personal lives yeah. and more like I'll call you when I need something. Yeah, basically. But I, I do know that I do think that uh, Trump's brother and my stepdad were actually legitimate friends. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what would happen is I would see him get in the elevator and I was like a real grubby, degenerate kid. <laughs> you were coming back from the statues. I would come back from the statues. I reeked. Like, I wasn't really showering that. Like, it was like a little punk kind of like. Right. I right. wouldn't, like, were I, you like rebelling against no, that? No, like, I just didn't. There, ca- I just, just didn't care just about it. Like, like, it was so cool because like I didn't even listen to music when I was like younger. Like yeah. it was just a weird thing. I was a weird subculture of just like myself of like I didn't listen to music, but because I didn't care about stuff, I guess that put me more into like a punk vibe circle. But I also right. didn't dress like I wore sweatpants and like t-shirts all the time. I just wasn't like. I literally looked. I literally looked like pretty homeless. But like maybe the kids that were like trying to be punk saw you and were like, "Oh, he's like our king." Or something. No, no, I <laughs> no? wasn't. Oh, I think no. I think I was more like just kind of funny to the people, everyone. Okay. And so I would come home, and I would be in the elevator with Trump, and I used to be so self-conscious about that because yeah. like he's a, a pretty tall dude and he owns the building, and I think at a certain point he. I must have been really gross one day. He like did not like the vibe I was giving off or probably smelled terribly. And from that point forward, every time he saw me, he would go like this, get in the elevator and let make it close so he didn't have to ride it with me. Oh my God. And that happened like, that happened like multiple times. Like he remembered you? Yeah, he remembered me. Wow. Yeah. So he was... He was, I never talked to him, never said anything. My mom, my mom talked to him a few times because he shot a commercial in our house for Trump University. Okay. Um, in your house? In our like house. Like in your apartment? Yeah, because yeah, our house had a, like good views and shit. It was nice and his, so the finish inside of our house, and I don't know if this, some of, so I've been in a few of the apartments in the building and basically the big difference between them is in terms of the finish inside is you basically get this, very large floor to ceiling windows, but um, there's like a, a divider more towards the bottom 75% that gives you these like little windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually they're finished with like a brushed black aluminum or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's like a black trim basically, mm-hmm. black metal trim. Uh, and then other apartments have a gold finish. Okay. So very gaudy interior, like yeah. all gold, everything. Um, I remember one time, I was selling, oh, by the way, this is my favorite, this is my favorite part of 
uh, river, uh, Central Park. Yeah, uh, the, re- the, yes. the reservoir. So for so those nice. listening, we're at the reservoir. It's the Jackie Onassis Reservoir. Correct? Yeah, so she used to do. She used to jog every morning all around here. Makes oh. sense. Yeah, and uh, but the the coolest thing to do here, and you'd only know this by coming here at night. So <laughs> you know, full circle Uh-oh. is if you go to the northmost section of the reservoir, and you look back towards the city yeah. because you get this unique double reflection of the city mm. oh, that cool. you kind of get um, in southern Brooklyn and you kind of get other places but it's a very unique double reflection mm-hmm. over the reservoir and any any place in Manhattan that you can get a pretty wide um, expanse of like nothingness and then yeah. large building tends to create this really weird like emotional feeling so mm. like because it's not common because you're so claustrophobic the whole right, time. Right, right, right. So whenever you have like this distance between us divided by the uh, reservoir, uh, it happens at ground zero, you know, mm-hmm. that amount of space of not having a tall building mm-hmm. and then massive building, it's just, it's so striking in some way. Yeah, it gives you like a sense of wonder. Yeah. Like even though we were just over there, it's like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That actually, if you care, that those two buildings, that's the, yeah. they shot Ghostbusters there. Really? Oh, is that where the... Uh, yeah, it's the end of the movie. Yeah, is. of course. Oh, so the go- the, I think they, the reason they chose that was because there's two of them and they could, I think, it was a production reason, I feel mm. like. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, the university commercial. Yes. Uh, so he was shooting the university commercial in our apartment. He, uh, from what I've been told, he goes like a step above only drinking bottled water, which is it's bottled water that's been boiled. What? So and then cool. And then cool. Yeah, so that's like a thing. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but you know, before knowing his political views and all these other things, you could just look at him as like a character. Yeah. Sure. And I think when you looked at him as just like this kind of character, this businessman with a family and blah blah blah. As uh, you know, as long as you weren't doing business with him, as long as you weren't knowing his deep personal opinions of things or the level of narcissism whatever Mm -hmm. you could kind of see him as like all right like fine he's a character that's like that's a new york character right but that was kind of i think the difference between 10 years ago and now right is that realizing that with all those character you know quote unquote characters um that there's actually a lot of like deep fucking problems with that stuff yeah, sure. well, it's. I think that's like a lot of people are able to kind of float by and be like laughed off, right? Like, oh, you're just a, a character, you're just a joke, you're just whatever, like so extreme. Yeah. And then you don't expect them to become the president. Like, yeah, you don't expect I mean, them to even come close to that. You think they're just this like side thing that's entertainment. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think that you would expect somebody who has no qualms about being unable to reconcile anything going on in their lives to form a consistency to make it as far as he did. I mean, even just the story, like you saying that you were this like young kid that was like, a little like stinky or something like really and he bad. like was refusing to yeah. let you in the elevator meanwhile like in the past like presidents were like kissing babies and right. like being nice to it you know and he's like no you can't ride this elevator with me that's that's so i sometimes mean. Wonder, i sometimes wonder about him though i wonder if like if he did have success in tech or if he found some success in some something other than what he was doing uh-huh is it just that he was 
Because there's that there's that um, Hunter S. Thompson quote about people chasing the presidency like a a bull or moose in heat, and they'll do mm. anything to get it, and it's a a rare conquest kind of thing where they're uh-huh. just like obsessed with it. Um, and everybody looking for president is in that mode because right. it's just this, it's so alluring, right? No matter how good of a, like, even if you look at Bernie Sanders, right? There's something that is driving him to want to be the thing. And yes. it's just, you have to pay attention to that a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder with him, you know, was that the only direction he could have been driven to this extent in? Or could he have just maybe found success somewhere else and we just would have never heard of him. Right, like would he have been satisfied yeah, if he it had actually was, had some sort of like real successful connection? On his, on his own, like, right. right? Like creating his own, because he did, but like it was very much of the vibe of his father's legacy and mm-hmm. all this type of stuff. I don't know, I just think about it because the where he is now, even from the public image, feels so separated from who he was, mm. you know, he's a talk show host, basically. I mean, right. he's like a, yeah. he's a, I mean, that was the big thing was when I would go into my apartment, there were all these like Midwestern people going, is this where the, actually that was, when he got elected, I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense because every day that I would come out of the house, there'd be a line of people from like the Midwest, usually pretty overweight, being like, is this where Mr. Trump lives? Oh my gosh. And they'd be like, gotta go around the other side. But is this where the Prince shot? Like, and I didn't, I think, that, I'd love to see the ratings over, of The Apprentice overlapped with like voter. Oh my gosh! Kind sure. of like uh, viewers, like where people viewed it. Yeah. And like, oh yeah. yeah no, I don't absolutely. think that's. Yeah. I don't think that's a secret. I yeah. feel like that's something that's been pretty widely discussed. That yeah, he was a reality TV show president. And there are all these people that, frankly, I mean, the middle of the country has been very neglected by the liberal yeah. elite. Yeah. And. Unfortunately, the liberal elites were the only ones that were actually showing any even token appreciation for people, you know. And so if they were being excluded, there was this empty hole that a complete opportunist could take over right. with just completely empty political sounding things. And that's Yeah, know. I mean, it's just it's a crazy, crazy thing about it just because, yeah, I mean, growing up in that building is the last thing you think about. I mean, that the building to me was like... So that was that building is seen as one of his only like majorly successful real estate mm-hmm. investments, or maybe it's seen as his most successful, because it actually like never was at risk of being in foreclosure or like bankruptcy. Right. Like, yeah. It's like actually a, you know, whatever he did. They did a good job with that thing, and you look at the cesspool that's in that building and all the drama in that building. I yeah. Mean, the my stepdad used to live in the top floor. So the top floor is two units. It's it's Trump's apartment, which is a, I think a three story or two story duplex, mm-hmm. and uh, it's another unit. Okay. And so you get out of the elevator, and it's these two units. And I don't know how the elevator opens up into them. I don't know if there's a foyer or there's like a or you can see both apartments or they open up separately. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. But he said when he moved in. So my stepdad used to live in the other one. Okay, yeah. And that's how he became friends with them. And he said when he moved in, the previous tenant was Michael Jackson. Wow. And he got in there and there are all these mannequins everywhere. Okay. And on like on the walls, there was no wallpaper, but there was just phone numbers written all over the walls. Wow. And like you have you can just see it, right? You can see like Michael Jackson on the phone just like, "Yeah, let me have your number." And 
Not right, even right. caring that he's ruining this world. Like that, that concept that doesn't- That he's living in like the penthouse yeah. of this like super- Just writing all yeah. over the walls. Wow. Um, strange. So they didn't paint that over before- No, I guess not. They just left. That's interesting. Cause so a lot, the- uh, I most, guess there's no like security deposit to get back in Well, most of the units like are that. not owned by Trump. Most of the units are owned by somebody who then rents out the apartment. I see. Yeah. So what are some other, when you think about Central Park, what are some other, things that come to mind with respect to childhood? Um, I mean, I think, so yeah, so the soccer league, we passed by that field where there are all the soccer leagues, which is kind of a cool thing. There's conservatory gardens up there, mm -hmm. my camp, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you're younger, this is where you kind of like hang out with girls and stuff. And mm -hmm. that's kind of the excitement there. Mm -hmm. And then also just, it's the first place that I think your parents are like, okay with you being on your own. Mm. Okay. So like- there's no like running out into traffic or- Yeah, I mean, they're not like, you know, sure. Kids are like, there's that fear that you'll get kidnapped or whatever. But some of the first stories I remember of kids having like autonomy was the kids who had tennis lessons in Central Park, oh. their parents would just leave them at the edge and the kids would walk to the tennis lesson. Wow, yeah. It was a pretty far distance. Like, if you were able to walk to school, like, that was a cool, that was like, that was four blocks. Mm -hmm. That was like a big deal. Right. Like, you walked to school alone. Um, <laughs> and then also just like, Lasker Pool up oh. at the top on oh, 110th. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think oh, it's empty that? right now. Yeah, that was so cool. The we would basically be swimming in there and uh, that was like every every day of the summer. Is that, that was, a New York City like public pool? Yeah, it's a public pool. Cool. Um, very big, like Olympic size, I think. Wow. Um, and there's also a lot of really weird um, kind of architecture near there. Mm -hmm. So there's like um, a few, so whenever you walk through a, uh, a like a tunnel in Central Park. Mm -hmm. If you take a look at the wall and try to look for um, stones, you'll see like remnants of garnet. Oh, wow. So garnet is kind of like a cool thing. And up there in particular, a lot of the tunnels have a, a substantial amount of like garnet in them, which oh. is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> and there's also a lot of, uh, there's a crawfish kind of population, I guess, up by Lasker. Like the animals? Yeah, like little like crawdads. So, so this is this is the this here. is the skyline that gets double reflected oh my at gosh, night. Yeah. So you yeah. can kind of see how that could be cool. Yeah. For um, sure. Now that they've added that skinny little God, that middle finger. Such yeah. Do you know anything about those two towers there? So generally, New Yorkers look at the new skyline with a lot of anger. Of course. Um, partially, we have the history of 9/11 where we kind of like. Back, like really we're talking about whether we build back or not mm -hmm. or back or not mm -hmm. and then um which covid and the and those buildings finally opening to the public is kind of like a, a very interesting thing because those were gonna those were turning into and they had already kind of established like the shed and hudson yards right and, and mm -hmm. kind of all that but the but down by the oculus they were starting to actually get a little bit more of like hey this isn't just a sad place this is also a place that you can like hang out yeah i've been seeing that and it makes me very uncomfortable yeah in terms of what in terms of just like i don't want to go to your smorgasbord no. food court no. at the world trade yeah Center. no no exactly um the so it's kind of like that if if anything is gonna close down for COVID, i don't mind that no totally down. it's just interesting that that like 
I don't I don't know how I feel about it, right? Like, I yeah. don't know, like, uh, to be honest, like, you know, I still get a sharp pain in my chest whenever I think about, like, anytime I get a meeting at work scheduled on 9-11, yeah. I go, ugh. Like, right. and people, yeah. and then anytime people just keep saying September 11th, like really freely. When it's as if it's just a date. As if it's just a date. Yeah. I, I still can't, I have so much baggage tied to it. Of right. course, yeah. Um, like, you know, for people who don't know, my dad was like a first responder and he got super sick from that past, many years later, but the cause was seen as that site because the type of cancer he got was really like a very rare form that a bunch of people who responded got right right um so yeah i just have mixed feelings about it yeah. i also have i found that people's like people from new york are people that were who were directly affected by it, like directly affected in mm -hmm. terms of they've lost somebody or they were, you know, were here smelling the electrical fumes coming mm -hmm. up. They tend to be a lot more reserved in how they talk about it and how yeah. they react to it. Mm -hmm. um, like, you don't really know if it's affecting them, but it, I can tell you it definitely is. Like, yeah. Whereas when you talk to people from other states, you hear a lot of different stories. You hear like, uh, I signed up for the military because of this, or I, like a different, a different reaction than New Yorkers had, I think, right. or people directly. And you also hear people talk about how, you know, almost like to an ex, it almost feels like there's like an exponential effect to the people that weren't here because they could only kind of assume that fear. And it's one of those things when you worry about other people, right? Right. You kind of can make it big into a bigger thing. I feel like that's kind of how I've seen it affect other people is mm. it's mm -hmm. almost like I'm not saying I had closure with it or anything like that, but like when you're here and you know that for a fact you felt something, you know how to feel about it. And for a lot of people, it was, it was something that they just saw on TV. And so I think they never really had that maybe reality. That personal yeah. connection yeah. or, per yeah. And I yeah. think it left a lot open for a lot of people in that way. But, but I don't know. I mean, this is the first year with COVID that they're not going to do the uh, in-person name roll call or oh, something really? like that oh wow um interesting so you know it almost feels like one of those things where like you miss a birthday and then maybe you just don't right. do one next year right. mm. like it might be maybe that i don't know but uh although next year will be a a 10 oh that's right you know it'll be the 20th 20th year. yeah so they're not gonna they're not gonna lose out on that yeah no they'll uh, do something the uh but those buildings so just back to those buildings so yeah. tall buildings growing in new york has a lot of baggage right uh the fact that those buildings cast a shadow over central park also a problem yeah, yeah. also the fact that those buildings are ugly and yes. they're not architectural <laughs> achievements other than like the same in the same way that who can build the tallest straw tower is an achievement right right, exactly. right? like and then the third thing is and this is always the most fun thing to do is when you <laughs> walk in the city and you see an ugly ass building or like uh -huh. a new condo you have to look at how many lights are on in those buildings. And nowadays with COVID, it's actually especially interesting. Yeah. You look at how many lights on are, at, are on at night, and usually that's somewhat indicative of how many people live there. Of people are actually living and there, right. those buildings, even before COVID, had yeah. like nobody living in yeah. them. Now, yeah. Now people own the apartments because that's what they are. They're mm -hmm. basically a way to deposit foreign money into exactly. a savings that isn't actually a savings, it's, you know, equity or whatever. But like. 
Yeah, so... So it's not really adding to, like, the community in no, any way. No, no. Yeah, we, uh, we were pretty far in the center of the park, and at one point, one of those new buildings was the only building you could see. It's the and worst. I'm like, oh, good. Oh, good. It's the worst. I never want to be able to escape the reminder yeah. that there's this ugly-ass building it's just, right on the other side it's, of the park. It's, it's also just, like... The buildings don't even have names that right. we care about. Like, you know, you if it's you walk like inside the, the Q-tip or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you walk inside the Chrysler Building and mm -hmm. you look at the architecture, the Chrysler Building is built out of like there's car parts in yeah. in the lot. Like, they, they, this is the building by Chrysler for Chrysler, and it's probably the most, in my opinion, that and the Crown Building are probably my two favorite. Which one's the Crown Building? Um, it's right near there. Oh. It's, it's uh oh is it the one on the corner of it's Madison like a midtown Square building like, I'll, I'll send you a, a link okay <laughs> i don't okay. know exactly where it is but it's like one of my, my favorite buildings um but yeah that shit just pisses me off i yeah. hate it yeah i also like i get the same reaction a little bit whenever i'm like in so actually this is kind of interesting i don't have a particularly close connection with Brooklyn okay in mm -hmm. terms of like as a New Yorker yeah. like I am an Upper West Side New Yorker I'm not a Brooklyn New Yorker yeah but there is that like city camaraderie and so when I walk through and I hung out in Park Slope all the time growing up like it's not like that's not part of my you know childhood but okay. like but when I walk through there and I see like a brand new high-rise and I see kind of like this non-communal culture in those areas like yeah. you see a lot in lic to be honest yes mm -hmm. where it's like where's the supermarket yeah you guys it live doesn't here? it like, feels what? like it's just offices or something <laughs> yeah and like like a like a downtown of a city that doesn't exist anymore yeah or something and uh th those are the things that just piss me off they go because like you can just see this trend of like hey if this continues n that whole idea of hey arnold and like the city being this place full of urban legend and lore and blah 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 none of these people are creators yeah none of these people are like none of these people have this interesting cultural baggage that there are or, or ideas that they're bringing to the table that cause this friction that causes and creates like the amazingness of new york city these are people that are going to live in their house and then go to work and live in their house and go to work and live in their house and you're never going to know what they do for a living you're never right. going to know what they how they're contributing who they are as people right like it's just and it's like it's the the artists and the creative people and the people with the new ideas that make the city vibrant and exciting and make it a place that people want to set up shop and have businesses and have other things going on and if all those people kind of get pushed away and all the vibrancy goes away then what are you left with yeah i think i think one interesting thing that I always think about is that a lot of people maybe a generation older than us mm -hmm. think about New York in terms of pre and post 9-11 especially if you look at the music scene uh -huh. if you read like uh, meet me in the bathroom or whatever uh -huh. um, which is like you know the strokes coming up and all this stuff it's like it's about a post 9-11 New York okay and you look at kind of like what's going on in Bushwick around that time of this time of like great uncertainty or what's happening in Williamsburg and what's, oh watch out. And you look at the art that comes out of that. Yeah. And you know, 
I remember going to Williamsburg in early 2000s and like, I mean, just being like, wow, this place is a shithole. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but that's what made that possible. Like the McKibben lofts and like Mm -hmm. these massively, you know, low rent, but highly collaborative cheap places Mm -hmm. and then you have all these people flocking to consume that to get closer just to consume it who aren't really contributing to that collaboration right like and i think that's i don't know i'm hoping that one of the if there if you can find silver linings and things i'm hoping that maybe new york out of all this gets back to a, a period where we can as New Yorkers breathe. Yeah. And get back into that creativity and get back into that collaboration. I sure hope so. And people are having a moment right now where even though it's scary and upsetting and obviously no one is happy that there's a pandemic that we're all living through. No. But, or, you know, social revolution. I mean, that is exciting and amazing. It's good that we're having all of these, like, conversations about what it means to live a happy life. And I think that's related to having a happy city and a creative city. Sure. Well, it's up to us. Yeah. I guess so, it is up to us. We'll just keep walking. I mean, look at this. Right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know about uh, the comm ship stuff we've been doing where like all these people are devving and doing art every night because mm-hmm. they don't really have much else to do. And luckily video games is like a collaborative thing because basically it requires like 10,000 years of knowledge just to make you know, right. you, you can't be, I mean, sometimes you can do everything, but it's very rare. And so it's been kind of cool. You know, we've been, every night we kind of get together on Discord and we just try to, you know, work on projects and stuff like that. And that's actually, Brian's been really good about, um, he's so good at bringing like communities together and getting yeah. people like really into it. And he's just been, that energy in that platform is just creating such a draw, I think, for so many people to come and uh, kind of collaborate. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's the thing to focus on then is like the individual level stuff. Like we can't really I we can't necessarily do anything about the big ugly like monsters in the sky <laughs> that are being built and yeah. surrounding us, but we can make sure that there's still these creative interactions between ourselves. You want to go down Have you seen them here? Let's yeah, go down there. let's go down there. I actually got some of this for our weekly 360 video this is where the crawfish are yeah oh this is where the crawfish are yeah yeah i want to see these crawfish so this is a good opportunity to talk about one of the things that happened this week yeah we on this is micah oh yeah yeah. oh is that what it is we were wondering yeah on Wednesday and Thursday, it rained both days. And on Thursday in particular, it rained quite a bit in the morning. I don't know if it rained near you or not. Yeah. But it rained an incredible amount. Yeah, something that we're discovering as we do this more and more is that the forecasts that you get on your weather channel or on your phone are like way more fragile and susceptible to human error. And that percent chance they give is actually a percent chance. 
and not a reality. And I think when you spend a lot of your time indoors, it is a, it's not the case. You just, it rains, okay, it rained. But when you're really living for the hour by hour forecast, it matters. it's significantly different. Yeah. And a lot of the, I think a lot of the pain and anxiety you experience from weather, whether it's gonna rain or not, is based on like your actual mental forecast of what it's going to be and not the actual reality of what's happening. So are you saying yeah. like, so are you saying that you basically, your mental state almost puts it into the mode of whether, or like it's a self reality or something? I think what I'm trying to get at is that if you're thinking about it's gonna rain all day and you're gonna feel wet and whatnot, most of the pain you're experiencing is the anticipation of oh, what's yeah, going definitely. to happen. Yeah. And definitely. not the actual like, on the minute to minute what you're feeling yeah definitely and actually like especially now when it's so hot when it rains it's really nice <laughs> yeah but then if it has two inches forecast you're like oh no am i wearing the proper clothing for this you know you know i've always had uh i've always enjoyed getting completely soaked in the rain yeah, yeah. um like but that was like i developed that tendency before i had to worry about like fragile electronics in my pocket. Right. Like I just had that Nokia brick. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I'll just jump in this pool and I'll be fine. Right. And now with all this I have like yeah. five things in my pocket that would break if it right. rained right now. Well yeah, right, right we, now is an exceptional all situation. Carry around like a thousand dollars worth of yeah. electronics but I love, constantly. If I don't have anything to worry about, I don't care if I'm getting wet. Because mm -hmm. I can just I'm like you know this is you just have to accept that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're like fully soaked. Because yeah. at some point you're like, oh, I actually can't get any more wet yeah. right now. So I, I can like just stop trying to stay dry. Yeah, and also like, exactly. You can, now I can just walk and everyone can go fuck themselves exactly. and I can walk home. Exactly. And, and you're like, but not wearing, using an umbrella. Right, not using an umbrella. <laughs> Look, I don't need things now. Yeah. Because I'm, I mean, and then. It's freeing. Yeah, it is freeing. There, You do have to take care of yourself though once you get inside. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Gotta, Hot shower right yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. could lead you to You will some... get the sniffles. Oh, you will. <laughs> yeah. I felt sick yesterday, so I think that was part of it. And there's a lot of considerations with like how our feet, if our feet are wet yeah. and they're damp all day, there's blowback from that. Blisters, that but, softens the feet. And but yeah, like the real, weird the real takeaways for me were just that our understanding of meteorology, I mean, it's a joke, like, oh, the weatherman's never right, but it's like, no. They really are. They have very little idea of what's going on. Yeah. And the fact that we're covering so much ground, it could rain more in one part than the other part. And like, we only see the artifacts of that going through an area. And you think, you know, we're all in the city, it all rains equally somehow, but it doesn't. It rains pretty significantly different, yeah. even in the distance that it takes to walk, yeah. not just like oh, know, yeah. driving I mean, around I was, or anything. I was on a call with somebody the other day and basically, I was like, is it raining by you? What are you talking about? I'm like, well, I'm just watching all this rain. And they go, oh shit, it's raining. And it's just kind of a weird, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not, you're not that far away from right. me. Right, they're like, like also in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember we were walking a few days ago and we got this app called Dark Sky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You guys know about that? No. Dude, it's what so good. Um, it's like the best weather app. Uh oh. And I was looking at it and it shows you the like, the rain down to like the millimeter in terms of from a like a top-down perspective oh, wow. if that weather pattern is going to like hit oh. and we were walking and the map was like yeah it's going to be like 
It's gonna be like a block away from you. That's how close it's gonna Whoa. be. Wow. And I kid you not, we could see like the You could see the rain, but you couldn't feel the yeah, rain? No. That's cool. Like, That's cool. That's very cool. Like, Sounds like we need that app. Yo, dark sky. Uh-oh. Product placement. This is it, yeah. Yeah, um, ooh, it's This be podcast sponsor. sponsored by Dark Sky. Can we not talk really. about how this has been so so there's only so as far as natural disasters go, right? Like Sandy's number one. Because mm-hmm. that just you know, fucked us up. Uh, well, in us. our in our time, and I think. Well, I mean, the only other big one close to that was like that blizzard in the seventies that right. shut down the highways. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. But like Sandy is something that caused, I think. You know, you can you can add this to the YouTube clip afterwards when you're when I'm wrong. But I'm pretty mm. sure it, I'm sure I would say it's number one in terms of damage as far yeah. as natural disasters mm. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Like New Yorkers were always like, I don't think we realized how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Like we just couldn't fathom that something. Because I think we were raised with like this urban legend: the buildings protect against the wind, and they're tall buildings, and don't worry about it. Right. And then like, oh, but like that water over there, that is a problem, and mm-hmm. like we didn't realize that. Um, but this, this trees getting ripped up the way that they did. So the the only in my memory, the only other time that we significantly had tree damage like this was one year the trees still had leaves on them it rained then a cold snap happened the rain froze to the leaves oh. so if they're if they're already dead mm-hmm. it's less of a problem but it just made the branches so heavy that branches were just falling wow um, so that was one year but this seeing entire trees get ripped out of the ground yeah. is i have never in my lifetime in new york city seen anything like that and I'm talking like I have a, I should have a picture. I'll show you guys later. But like, the sidewalk getting ripped out. Like it was crazy. Yeah. The whole paneling in Queens gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we weren't ready for. I mean, I was living here at that point, and I was living in Gowanus. Yeah. So I was evacuated because oh, we were really low. Yeah. And my apartment was actually fine, but I worked with a guy who was living in Coney Island. Oh, done. And he didn't evacuate. Yeah. And he ended up on the fifth, like he was on the third floor of his building. Right. There were five floors. Right. And during the storm, the first floor went to the second floor. Then first and second came to his floor. Right. Then they went to the fourth. And right. they ended up on the fifth floor. Yeah, I believe because that. Because the apartment f- flooded. Yeah. And luckily, it didn't flood more. Like, they had that fifth floor to go to. They could have gone to the roof, I guess. But so crazy that they didn't evacuate. But I think it's, like, kind of that, like, that mentality of, like, oh, we're fine. Like, yeah. we've never had to deal with this before. We're, we boarded up the windows. We did what they said to do. What, you want us to do more than that? We're fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the New Yorkers don't know how to handle natural disasters Mm-mm. because we don't really face, like, like, we sometimes have, we had, like, a few earthquakes, like, very minor. Yeah. But it's all these, like, dudes come out the next morning on the corner and, like, hey, did you feel it? That was crazy. Right. All right, see you later. <laughs> like, it's not, like, a big deal, like. Uh, and then they like to tell the story of how they were in an earthquake. Like, right. that's just like, like not, it's a fun thing, you know, everything's fun. Yeah. Exactly. But then Sandy was kind of a different thing. For us, bringing it back to drinking in the park, so... And in, what these teens are doing. And what probably what these yeah. teens are doing right now. So, yeah, this is, this is teens in nature, all right? <laughs> um, but in, in, in the winter, the park uh-huh. is extra good to drink in because cops definitely don't want to drive oh, in there. Oh, of course, yeah. But when Sandy happened, we were past the age where we could, I and mean, we could easily drink in bars. So right, there was no reason for this. But point. our insides, 
Inside Child came out and we're like, hey, we could go down to the Riverside. Oh my gosh. Because no one's down there right now and we can drink. Oh my gosh. And we were like 20 something yeah. walking Riverside and we walked <laughs> the length of Riverside all the way down to Housen and we got more and more drunk as we're walking and we start to like, oh, there might be garnets in this stuff actually, but um, he, we start uh, walking, walking and it's getting, it's going from like, oh wow, that's crazy to like, wait a minute, this is actually really bad. Right. And progressively worse the lower we got. And then by the time we got to like the thirties, yeah. we decided to cross over into Manhattan oh my gosh. from the West Side Highway, like cross over from Riverside, the green path and uh all of a sudden the lights are out and yeah. all of a sudden all you smell is electricity yeah and all of a sudden all you smell is like gas and you're just like wait this is not like this is all dangerous yeah like this isn't fun <laughs> anymore and cars don't have street lights mm -hmm. and no one's directing traffic mm -hmm. so it's just pitch black and nobody can see you on the street and uh we got to like 14th or 12th street and house and at this point we're kind of like making jokes we don't really realize what has happened which right. is that people have died and and damage has been done and yeah blah. and we get to like this parking garage that has a bunch of people just trying to open the garage door like just with chainsaw like like buzz saws whatever oh lasker nice and what we didn't realize it happened was that it was a subterranean parking garage. Yeah. Like six floors, five floors down. And they thought, I don't think someone was, but they thought that someone was inside. At oh the, my God. And just that was what New York, like that was what was really happening. And yeah. it went from, hey, cool, Upper West Side you know, almost like a Hey Arnold world of uh -huh. like urban legend, like, you know, kind of just like fun, weird New York City to like, hey, this is reality down here. Yeah. Kind of vibe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, and so over here is actually where another one of the camp meet spots that my mom dropped me off and the counselors would pick us up. This is near the dairy farm, mm -hmm. which is right over there. You can actually rent rods. Oh, and go Oh, fishing? no, sorry, this isn't the dairy farm. This is the... Um, Shit, what's the name of the building? Uh, it's right over... I don't know, is it the boathouse? No, it's not the boathouse. They have another name for it, but you can rent rods and uh, these these bamboo ones, basically. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, oh, no, no, those are their own. But you can rent rods, and they give you a little bit of uh, bait. Yeah. And you catch little sunfish. You can't eat oh, them. Oh, so fun. Right. Yeah. I got... Cut by a sunfish once on my my like hand right here. Yeah, they definitely catch it. I don't have you. a scar anymore, but it left a scar for eleven or twelve years. Well, it's when impressive that that scar tissue went away because usually after that point. I know. You I kind of wish up. it hadn't because it was like a cool story. But yeah. well, I think I know we've reached the end of the park. It's 110th Street, right up there. An interesting thing about this part right here is the it used to freeze over, and we used to dare each other how far we could get before falling in. Oh my gosh. Nice. Um, <laughs> not very far, to be no. honest. No. Well, that's probably <laughs> we don't, good. We don't live in Alaska. We no. live in New York City. It doesn't get really that frozen. All right. So I think we'll uh, we'll stop for now. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris, and yeah. regaling us 
with your New York City adventures. Yeah, welcome to New York City, everyone. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Jesse, do you have anything you want to say? Bye. Bye is it. All Bye. right, we'll catch you next week with, with your wife. I'm going to come to that one, too. Oh, you got to make sure Ooh. she doesn't contradict anything you said. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Till next time. Bye.